Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsea's Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Dear Heavenly Father, as we pray for ourselves today, God, we pray that, God, you would speak to our hearts, that you would speak into our lives today words that would bring hope and truth, that we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but we would leave here changed, transformed and renewed, taking next steps in our life, God, just to see you, God, just become greater and greater. And for you to become greater and greater, God, I must become less and less. And God, we pray that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. High five three people around you and say commitment, commitment, commitment. Hmm, I wonder what we're talking about today. I wonder what we would be talking about today. This is our second week of our great love series and we're just so excited for the opportunities that we have just to be able to present these truths to you. And I am so pumped about next month too. Next month um, series that we're going to be doing is Christian Atheist. The Christian Atheist. We believe in God, but we live as though he doesn't exist. Wow. Wow. You need to be ready for next month. But we're not there yet. We're still in this one. So say with me, XO. Hugs and kisses. Isn't that what that is? Hugs and kisses. And we're so delighted just to be able to present this message again to you this week. Last week, I think we started off a great foundation and we looked at some great myths that they have out there. We broke those myths for what reason? So we can step into the dream, the reality of relationships and love God's way. And I want to take us one step further in that today as we look at commitment to our dream. Say with me, commitment to my dream. Come on, make it personal. Commitment to my dream. Understanding what? The word commitment means it's going to take work. So many people today are so uncommitted. And we've got to realize if we're going to walk in that relationship and that blessing that God has for us, It comes by way of commitment, us making a commitment. Tonight, you need to be here married for life because we're talking about my response is my responsibility. Because a lot of people want to make a commitment when someone else commits back to them. But my response and what I do is my responsibility and I need to make a commitment in my life. Look at this statement. Good relationships are possible but not probable. Think about that. They're possible, but not probable. It doesn't mean, what it means is this, good relationships don't just happen. You've got to work at those. You've got to nurture those. You've got to groom those. And in fact, your chances of not having a good one are especially high when you choose to try to do it your way instead of God's way. 
And by each of us being here today, I think we could all admit and say, I'm tired of doing things my way. I've tried it my way and it doesn't work. And I want to discover God's way and the best way. So don't switch off. Again, love series. A lot of people, wherever you're at, the placement, you can switch off. Don't because we have something, I believe, for everyone today. Let's turn to the Word of God. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, New Living Translation says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Say first. We discovered that last week. You've got to give Him first. Give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. We're going to discover that soon. We're going to look at the commitment he made towards you. The commitment he has towards your life. Let them, my life, the daily routine, be a living and a holy sacrifice. The kind that he will find acceptable. This truly is the way to worship him. I love that. You want to know how to worship God? Live the life. Because he said, that's the way I get the greatest worship is by you living the greatest life. Verse 2, and do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. For this message, we're going to be dealing specifically with what the world says as relationships and commitments. We are not to copy the customs and the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Come on, God's will for you in relationships is that it is good, pleasing, and perfect. We've got to realize in our lives, and how do we do that? By not copying the behaviors and the patterns of this world. I love the New King James Version. It says this, do not be conformed to this world. The thought conformed means to be put in a box or a mold that you are fashioned and formed to look like, smell like, act like and be like the world around you. And God says, no, I've come to break the mold and break the box because I don't want you to look like everyone else. I want you to look like me. I want your relationships to be like me. I want you to model me wherever you go. So what voices are we listening to? In looking like in our relationships, what voices are we listening to? Are we listening to Hollywood or are we listening to God's holy word? I wonder which one possesses the truth for your future, Hollywood or God's word? One thing I know is this, Facebook doesn't possess the answers for your life. Oh, look what the pictures, everyone's painting of relationships. It's not a true picture of life. 91% of sexual relationships we see on TV, not even movies, just TV, are between unmarried people, a model that doesn't work. Hollywood paints a picture that marriages have to be perfect, and 99% of the time it will be marital bliss. It puts the best foot forward, but they themselves cannot even live that way. And it makes a bias in our own favor that we think if we're not happy, then it's our spouse's responsibility and their fault. 
So what does Hollywood say? If you haven't got the bliss, if you haven't got the happiness, move on. Find someone. Don't worry about commitment. That's old school. There's no commitment. Find what satisfies and meets your needs and desires. I'm telling you right now, Hollywood does not possess your answers. But what about God's word? What about God's holy word? It sure does. Romans 12, 2 again says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I love how God changes you. God changes you this way. God doesn't just say change. God doesn't just say you need to change. God gives his power inside of you that enables you to change. I love that. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't just say change because you're like, how? I can't. How, how can I do that? How, how can I have the relationship? How can I be the person? I'm struggling with this. God doesn't just say go. God says, let me give you the power inside of you to bring about the change that you need to see and that what you need to have. And I love that because he says specifically, I want to change the way you think. I want to transform your mind. I think one of the greatest enemies that we have is not the devil, but it's our mind. It's our thoughts and how we think. And we begin to think things. And we begin to reason things. And our thinking and feelings can lie to us. They are not always correct. I love this statement Chris Hodges says. Look at this. Chris Hodges, pastor of Church of the Highland Church in Birmingham, Alabama. He says, God is not a God that needs to be understood but a God that must be experienced. Wow, that's powerful right there. And you can say, well, I don't like that because I want to understand him. Listen, if you're understanding him, he's not God anymore. Because that's what makes him God, that his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are greater. I'm glad I don't get it all of God, but yet I get all of God. Can I say that again? I don't get all of it. I don't understand it all, but yet I get all of God. So God is not a God that needs to be understood, but a God that we must experience. We've got to experience Him. And the only way we can is by relationship. It's through a relationship with Him. So He can do that inner work in you, making the you a new person by changing the way you think. You see, you can come to church every Sunday and I can't change you. I can't. I wished I could. I said, I wished I could. Because I'll come find some of you because you need to change. Amen. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He ain't talking to me. But you know what I can do each and every week? I can't change you, but I can introduce you to the change that God wants to bring in your life. And we can talk about the truth of God's word. And when it comes to relationships and love, we can talk about those things that can bring a change because it can change the way you're thinking, and open up your life to God. Last week, we talked about wrong ways of thinking, myths. One example was this, if I only could find my number one. If I only could find that person, I would be complete. I would be happy. I would be satisfied. Your number one is never meant to be a person. Your number one is always meant to be God. Because when we place someone in a position they shouldn't be, 
They can't meet the criteria of that position. And therefore, they're going to disappoint us and let us down. So if we're looking for a one in someone else, we're all going to, always going to be disappointed and disillusioned. And it's going to cause us to pull back instead of pushing in to love. So God has to be in his rightful place because only God and God alone is the one that will never disappoint you. He will never fail you and never let you down. Can I get in your head right now? Some of, some of you are saying, hold on a second. I'm kind of disappointed right now and I'm feeling that God has let me down. Wake up tomorrow. Wake up the next day, keep living, and you're going to discover soon that God has not let you down, that the circumstances and the situations that you're going through right now, God is right there and using those to show His love and power in your life and to change you more than you could ever realize. Come on, let's just be honest. He's not always a good God to us. He's always a good God, but you don't always feel like He's good. I looked at a lot of faces yesterday as I buried a 36-year-old man. And there was a lot of people in there that you could read their faces that were saying, God, you ain't good right now. But you keep living. You keep trusting. And you're going to see every time that he is more than good. Come on, say with me. Mm, Come on. He is a good God. So the highest place anyone can ever occupy in your life needs to be number two. Number two. Number two. Because order matters for success. And it's amazing when I sit down with couples and and I counsel those, those who we marry here in this church, we always counsel with them before we have four weeks of premarital counseling that we go through. And one of the things that we talk about in one of the sessions, is dating. Dating. The system of dating that we see around us today. And we've got to be very careful because I'm not telling people not to date. But when you think about what dating really entails and what it really involves, for many of us it's looked like this. We give ourselves, all of us, to someone. We're 15, 16, 17. It's our first love. Wow, we are totally smitten. This is the one that God has for us. But it didn't take long, did it? For you to be heartbroken, disillusioned. As all of a sudden you realize that one wasn't your one. And they broke your hearts. And you cried yourself to sleep. Come on, I know you. Come on, you can remember that. All the ladies are like, yeah, yeah. And the guys are like, "Uh, probably, yeah. I'm just not wanting to admit that in here. But you cried yourself to sleep. But it was okay because you just moved on to the next person. And you gave them almost all of you because you kind of were a little bit guarded now because you had been hurt over here. So you give everything only to find yourself, what, brokenhearted again, crying yourself to sleep. But it's okay because you just moved on to someone else that you find And you give them not as much as you gave the person before or before because now you're more guarded. Your heart's been broken and heart hurt and now calluses are forming and you're kind of being watch out mode. So what happens by the time you find your number two and you find that person that you say, I do with, if we don't watch, what can happen? We give them just a portion of ourselves. Because we've been wounded, we've been broken. And so we're living in 
protect mode. Have you ever had a computer that's kind of shut down and it opens up in what? Protect mode or whatever they call it. You can't access everything like you could normally. Because it's, it's trying to say to you, something's wrong here, so you better check it out before you move on. And that's where we can find ourselves many times with dating. That method can actually sometimes prepare us more for divorce than it can for commitment. Because we've been so used to being hurt, so we just move on. And we just drop that and we just move on and we find someone else that can help us. We've got to be careful because our hearts can be very scarred. We can have major issues. We can get ourselves in a place that we're not fully giving of ourselves to that one that God has for us. Now, I'm not saying we should go back to arranged marriages. I think that would be nice as parents. I wouldn't mind that for my kids. I wouldn't have wanted it for me, but I wouldn't mind it for my kids. Anyone with me? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this. We've got to be careful when we follow the patterns and the systems of this world. Because you need to guard your heart. Young people, listen to me right now. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. The Word of God says, keep your heart above everything else. For out of it flows the issues. It sets the course of your life. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart above anything and everything else. Because that's not the best. That's not the best. Listen to this. Don't focus on finding the right person. Become the right person. Well, if I could just find... Focus on you being the right person for someone else. How how different would relationships be if we came into a relationship bringing something, not expecting a relationship to give us everything? A a church would be completely different if we came to bring something. And I know we can be broken and we need to step through these doors sometimes and we're, we're crawling in and we need a word from God and we need a touch from God. I've been there too. But how powerful would church be if we said, God, I'm going to come and give something to you? In our relationships, in our lives, our lives would be completely different if we realized we have something to offer and something to bring instead of waiting for someone to give it all to us. And what's the saying out there that they say is, you're just going to fall in love. It's almost like falling in a ditch or something. You're just going to fall. You're just going to trip and you're going to fall into love. You know, the word of God doesn't say that we should fall into love. Here's what I believe God's word says. God's word says that we need to walk in love. We need to walk in love. A big difference. Colossians 3.14 says, but above all these things. And if you would look at the earlier verses, he's just talked about kindness. He's talked about humility, having meekness and patience having a forgiving spirit for all those around. But what does he say? Above all those things which are good, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. New Living Translation says, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Here's a great thing. Don't just fall into love. Wake up every day, love. Wake up clothed in love. Wake up clothed in the love of God, which God's word says binds us all together in perfect harmony. Love is that which holds everything in its perfect place. Don't go out looking for love. Be love. Let God give that love to you so you can walk with love. You can walk complete. You can walk sure in yourself and confident in who you are. Not just fall into it, but walk with love each and every 
day. Choose love. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, choose love. Because love is a choice. It's not a feeling. Well, I just don't feel like it, but I'm choosing to walk in love every day. Come on, say with me, commitment to my dream. Whether that's future or whether it's present right now, I want to make a commitment to my dream. Look at this scripture from Ephesians 5.25. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. What we just read there is the greatest act of commitment this world has and will ever see. That Christ, Jesus, came and he gave everything for you and I. Now, what does he ask? He asks us to do the same thing. He asks us to give complete commitment. What was his commitment? His commitment model was to death. He gave his life just like he's saying, husbands, love your wives just like I love the church. What was his model? He gave everything. His commitment was his life. It stopped at nothing. And that's what God wants us to have. Marriages are failing today because of the lack of commitment. There's always going to be rough days. There's always going to be troubles. 1 Corinthians seven twenty eight. if you don't believe me, you haven't sinned if you're married, the Bible says, but you're going to have some troubles. There's going to be some troubles. So what do we do? We need to have the commitment to make it through those troubles. If you wait until the trouble to say, how do we deal with this? You're going to be behind the cue ball already. You've got to make your decisions before you get to the troubles that I'm going to be committed in my love, in my way, in my life. I'm going to live committed. You see, the problem we have today is when we look at marriage, the world sees a contract and God sees a covenant. God's word is actually a covenant to us. What does that mean? It means that it is permanent, that what? It will stick it out. It will work it out. There is nothing you can do to change the covenant that God has. That's the marriage that God wants us to have. But for many of us, there's no commitment. It's just a contract. Or let me say it this way. It's a conditional commitment. Because that's what a contract says. If you ever signed a house, pages and pages and pages of stuff. But what some of those pages are for is for the protection of you and that person. Why? Because if you don't pay the notes, they can take it back. If they don't fulfill their obligations, you can have it. The contracts say what? If you don't do what you're supposed to do, then I am free of my commitment and obligation. That's not marriage. That's a contract. God says marriage is a covenant. Lifelong till death do us part. And look at the example that God gave to each and every one of us. Psalms 89 verse 33. New living. God says, I will never stop loving him, nor will I fail to keep my promise to him. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, his people, I have loved my people with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And there are so many other scriptures like that. A love that he will never withhold from you. And what does he tell us to do with that love? First John 4, 11, he says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, 
We now need to make that commitment to love one another. Do you see that? Because he committed to us, we now need to make that commitment to other people a way that is possible. We can look and say, well, I can never be committed because I'm not God. But remember this, we're not God, but through God, we can make that commitment. And through him, he has made everything fully possible. Look at this scripture from Malachi. Let's just jump there really quick. And a lot of time when you hear Malachi, you just think of the tithing. I'll rebuke the devourer. It's the tithing book of the Bible. And tithing is good and make your commitment to put God first in your finances and your life will be blessed. Amen. But look what it says in Malachi 2 verse 3. And I'm reading from the NIV version. And God says this, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altars with your tears. You weep and well. Because he no longer looks with favor on your offering or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. And you ask, verse 14, why? You're asking, why God? Why God are you not helping me anymore? God, why is my life looking like it does now? God, where is your favor that used to be upon my life? And it's because the Lord says that he is a witness between you and the wife of your youth that you have been unfaithful to her. Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant, not contract, your marriage covenant. So what is God saying? I have witnessed. God is saying, I've been watching you and you have been unfaithful to that which is one of the most important vows and commitments that you need to make in your life. And that's to your spouse, your future spouse. That commitment. Verse 15, has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and in spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on guard and not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. Notice in the middle of that verse, God says, what do I want? What do I want to see from your commitment? I want to see children that love me. Come on, God says, I want to see God, godly offspring. And what you've got to understand is this, your commitment doesn't just affect you, it affects your children. One of the greatest casualties of divorce is not the husband and wife who part their way. It's the innocent children who are caught between and having to go home to home, bands from here to here. They are the innocent ones that have to take the brunt so many times. In verse 16, the man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one that he should protect. You know what God is telling us in this word? You got to stick it out. You got to be committed. You're you're crying to me and saying, why are things not going right in my life? And God's saying, let me pinpoint that. It's your commitment. And specifically your commitment to each other in marriage, in relationship, the commitment or lack of it that you make. And I love how God says, through that lack of commitment, you are doing violence. You are doing violence to the one he promised or you promised to vow to protect. you got to stick it out. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying if you're in an abusive relationship that you just have to stick it out and you've made that commitment. If you are in an abusive situation, you need to get the necessary help that you need and you need to protect yourself from that. But notice this, 
We need to be willing to be unhappy for a period while we work it out. Well, I'm just not happy anymore. That's a feeling. Love is a what? Choice. Well, I'm just not feeling what I used to. He doesn't look at me the same way. She doesn't talk to me the same way. I'm just not feeling it anymore. We've got to be willing to be unhappy for a period of time that we're going to work it out. Why? Because we are committed to this. And we've got to be willing to talk about some things without offense. Don't get offended when things are brought up and presented because maybe you need to hear those things. And they maybe need to be exposed. Look at this. I love this definition I came across of commitment. Commitment is staying loyal to what you said you were going to do, even long after the mood you said it in left you. Come on, you need to get your cell phone out. You need to take a picture of that right now. No, no, don't say Pastor Phillips said this. That's a quote from someone else. So don't give me credit for that. I wish I could take credit for that. Let me just change a couple of words and take the credit for it. No, I'm only playing. Commitment is staying loyal to what you said you were going to do, even long after the mood you said it in left you. I've done so many weddings. And I'm telling you, that's a good mood at the front right there. Come on, people are loving each other. People, uh, that's a good mood. They are committed. They are ready for life to be together. They are happy. They are in their place. They're repeating vows to each other. I'm going to love and cherish you for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death only do us part. So what do we say in our vows? The only thing that can part us is Death, the only thing that we will allow between us is death. Miss D, Miss D helps me with the marriages. We maybe need to change some stuff up, Miss D. Maybe when we're sitting down and going through the vows with people, we need to start asking those if there's anything else that you want to add to the part of the commitment. Because maybe some people need to realize that because maybe we need to write that into your vow because maybe you need to say, I'm going to commit to you as long as you're friendly to me, as long as you're producing the dough. Come on. God says the vows we make is the only thing that's going to part our commitment is what? Death. Death. If we stand and saying that, we need to live true to that. I said we need to be true to that. Why? Because it's a covenant for life. I'm making a commitment to my dream, which in in order to see my dream, it's going to maybe cause some pain. There's going to be some pain through it as I commit to it. You see, my goal today is this, to make you rethink your commitment, for you to remake your commitment, or for you to understand what commitment needs to look like when you make the right commitment to someone, because it's not let's see how it goes, it's forever. It's forever. It's forever. It's like the lady who's getting married and she's pulling a little rubber dinghy down the aisle behind her. Anyone ever seen a little rubber dinghy? She's coming to the front and she's pulling down the dinghy and her husband-to-be turns around and says, well, what's the dinghy for? She says, have you ever seen a boat? He says, well, what's a boat got to do with this? She says, every boat has a dinghy or a life vessel. So if the big boat goes down, you can jump ship and you can escape. Well, he said, well, what's that for? Well, that's just in case you don't treat me well. 
Well, that's just in case that you don't produce the good. Come on, you've got to cut the rope. There's no dinghies in marriage. And that's why you've got to make the right choice for the right two of your life. And if you want to know the right two of your life, make sure the one is in your life because he will lead you in the two of your life and help you. That's good preaching right there. And that's for free. That wasn't even in your notes. Love is a choice, not a feeling. And we must watch during the storms that we pull together, not pull apart. That we press in together and not apart. Because we can't do it all on our own, but we can do it with Him. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My marriage can be what it needs to be through Christ who strengthens me. My life can be what it needs to be because I can do it. Through Christ. Listen to me. That means what he asks you to do. Through him, you can do it. That doesn't mean if I can just believe I can jump off a building and, and I can do all things through Christ and I'm going to fly. I mean, that's stupid. But I can be the husband that God wants me to be. I can be the father that he wants me to be. Anything that he has asked me to be, I can do that through him who gives me the strength. But notice again the order. I can do all things through Christ. Who what? Has to first be my strength. It first has to be God. First has to be God for him to work in me and transform the way I think that then I can transform those around me. And when I'm being reminded of his commitment to me, he can give me the capacity I need to do it for others. I've used this illustration before, but if we were to pay you as a married couple a million dollars to follow you for two weeks, and we were having the cameras rolling for two weeks, the reality show of you for two weeks, and we would pay you a million dollars for doing that, I wonder who would be willing to do that for two months rather. Having the cameras following you 24 hours a day, For a million dollars. But listen, here's the only catch. Here's the catch. You've got to love each other. You can't get angry with each other. And you can't get mad with each other. Who thinks for a million dollars for two months you could make that happen? Come on, come on, come on. Come on, hands up everywhere. You see, here's what that shows you. Are you ready? You don't lack the ability. You just lack the incentive. Because you can do it if you choose to do it. But when you feel around it, you're not going to feel like doing it and you're not going to do it. Look at this statement again. God never intended for you just to do what the Bible says. But for his power and ability to come on the inside of you so you can do it. Wow, that is so powerful. We talked about that earlier. need to remind you again. God wants to give you the power to do it. He doesn't just say do it. He wants to come on the inside of you to help you. And you know what? I can commit. Why? Because He has given me the power and ability that I can work through these things for my dream. When I was preparing this message, a song in the background came on and says, You make all things Work together for my... Come on. 
You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. You work all things together for my good. That's the commitment that he makes to you. The commitment he now wants you to make. So as I close today, I've got seven seconds. Are you ready? Let me give you five commitments that God makes towards you. Thus giving you the capacity to be able to do it for others. Your spouse, your future spouse. And I really believe that when you see the commitment he has for you, it will change your perspective and how you need to have the commitment for other people. Say these words with me. He did, so I can. Let's say that one more time. He did, so I can. Commitment number one. He made the commitment to prioritize you. Ephesians 2.1, and you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Listen to me, he didn't wait for you to get it right. He showed you his love regardless. He prioritized you regardless. Relationships struggle when what? We get the priority wrong. Listen to me. Relationships struggle when we get the priority wrong. Be all there. Fight for your marriage. He did. So I can. Come on. He did. So I can. He made the commitment number two to pursue you. Revelations 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. God says, I'm knocking on your door. I'm trying to get your attention. He's not going anywhere. He'll stand there and keep knocking till you'll open that door because the handle's not on the outside. It's on the inside. God is pursuing you. He loves you. And when you look at relationships, men are the pursuers. Women are the ones who like to be pursued. Men like the chase, men like the hunt, ladies like to set the course. But the problem is, as men, when we get the hunt, when we get the woman, we can lose the passion and the desire that we had. We've got to get that back. Don't wait on a feeling, start doing it. The joys that you had in Dayton, don't let them become the woes of your marriage. Pursue each other again. Ladies, put some makeup and, and present yourself in such a way that when he comes home from work, he, he's liking what he's seeing again. Because when you dated him, you put your best foot forward. Remember that? And you just let things go. Get the fight back in your relationship. Why? Because keep it fresh and alive. You want to keep it fresh and alive? Be back tonight and we'll tell you at Married for Life at five o'clock. Come on, he's committed to pursuing you but because he can and did. You can. Come on, because he did. I can. Number three, he made the commitment to possess you. Kind of sounds off at first, but let me say it this way. He made a commitment to create a place where you can belong. That you belong to Him. That He he has the ownership, the protection over you. Not controlling your life, but He loves you and possesses and wants to protect and keep you. Isaiah 43 verse 1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God that he's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We belong to him. He did so. I can. I can. I can. That's the commitment I need to have. Number four, he made the commitment to protect you. Psalms 91.11, for he has ordered his angels to protect you wherever you go. There's lots of storms in our lives that we perhaps create. But even still, he promises to protect us even in those storms. Be the protection. Have their back. I love Corinthians 13. It speaks about what? Her love being given. It wants to protect. It wants to think the best. It has the best intents. That's what true love is all about. Protecting each other. Having each other's back. Be prepared to step out and say, hold on a second. I'm going to vouch for that person. That's not true. I've done that before with some of my leaders. Someone came up to him and said, you know what? I saw one of your leaders doing this one day. And I said, I doubt that you did, but I tell you this much, I'm going to find out. And if that is the case, I'm going to come back. And I went to that leader. Why? Because I've got their back. Come on, you got to have your spouse's back. you got to have people around because love doesn't think wrong of people. It thinks the best of people. The armor of God, everything is covered apart from the back. Why? Because you need to turn to your spouse right now and say, baby, I got your back. I've got your back. Come on, God had your back. He's committed to protecting you and because he did. Come on, I can. Last but not least, he made a commitment to purify you. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm telling you right now, we blow it at times. I said we blow it at times. But he still gives us out the way out in him. God is still excited for you, even in your failures. Parents, spouses, all of us, we all blow it. And we need to be loved at those times just as much as when we are good. But what is his commitment to cleanse us and to purify us? He did it, so I can. The commitment he made for you, he did. So now you can to those around. Make the commitment today to your dream. Make the commitment. In a world with little to no commitment, we can be a great light and example when we stick it out and we make it together. Make the commitment to your dream because commitment will make it become a reality. Stand to your feet all over this place today. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.